Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. All right, today we are talking about building high-scale remote company. So try this on for size. How about a 75-person company without an office? Pretty impressive, right? The advantages are different than you might think, and yet you really have to be mindful of who you're hiring. A remote workforce is a time to talent advantage, not a save money advantage. Do you know who said that? I think I know that guy, yeah. (laughs) Uh, That was you. Yep. And uh, today's quote, by the way, is most of us spend too much time on what is urgent and not enough time on what is important. Want to guess that one? Uh, Stephen Covey. You got it. Boom. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to help entrepreneurs and hiring managers avoid costly hiring mistakes. We identify specific problems and provide proven tactical solutions to help you win the right hire. So we share insights from top performing rebel entrepreneurs, disruptors, and industry experts like our guest today, Ryan Malone. Ryan is the founder CEO of Smartbug Media. Ryan founded uh, Smartbug to give clients amazing results and employees a lifetime of memories. Before Smartbug, Ryan ran marketing at several venture-backed and public companies. Ryan enjoys the gym, live music, people watching. We'll have to talk about that. And uh, playing terrible guitar. (laughs) Really bad. (laughs) He lives in Orange County with his wife and two amazing daughters. Ryan, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, Sometimes it's a rough one for me. Why don't I get going? (laughs) As long as you don't have to hear the guitar, you're good. Uh, Actually, I'm going to break out that ukulele on the wall and have you uh, (laughs) bust it out. So today we're going to cover the challenges and benefits of building a remote organization the importance of cultural fit, and talk about an interview structure for hiring remote employees. So let's delve into it. First, you know, question that pops in my mind, Ryan, is why? It's hard enough to build a company these days, let alone build a completely remote business. Yeah. Where did this insanity come from? <laughs> yeah, it was insanity at the time. Um, we started just about 10 years ago, well before remote was sexy. In fact, at the time, everybody thought people that did it were crazy. Uh, when I was 17, my dad died. And so I have this gap kind of in my childhood of things that I miss. And so when I was thinking about starting Smartbug, I just gotten married and I didn't want to be the CEO who parachuted in because you just don't have like the scars on your back to have the camaraderie with your team. And we all know who that guy is and you don't really want to work for that guy or gal. And then at the same time, I wanted to see my kids grow up because my dad traveled a lot and I, I missed some of that stuff and I missed him in general. And so the only solution at the time, quite honestly, was to build a remote company. It was the only solution to this equation where I could be around all the time and be part of a team and I could be around all the time and be part of like Team Malone family at the same time. And so that was really the driving force for that. And we had this hypothesis that there were other people in our tribe and that we could hire better and faster if we searched around the country rather than searched within 10 miles of Irvine. What was the response you got from your friends and family when you told them, hey, look, at we're going we're gonna to build a company. It's all going to be remote. People telling you you're crazy? Yeah, a lot did, actually, um, except my wife. My wife was the one who said, I've got confidence. Go do it. Oh, nice. Um, I remember very quickly, we, we do a lot of work with HubSpot. And one of the guys who's an executive at HubSpot, I remember him telling me, you know, Ryan, this is you could do it for 10 people, but 10 people is about it. And you really kind of got to collaborate and stuff like that. And so every time we would hit 10 or 20 or 30, it would always be like, well, you could do it for 20, but you can't really do it past 20. <laughs> and now if you look on HubSpot's website, 
Yeah, and if you look on HubSpot's website, they have a whole marketing campaign about how remote is the you know the solution to all problems. So there was a lot of people who doubted it, and I think the biggest people is when you tried to hire people earlier, right? It took this huge leap of faith for somebody to one of our best employees is in North Dakota. So for her to take a job with this company in California that like and step away from what she had is this giant leap of faith, which back then was risky to some people and now sure. is kind of the norm. What, what do you find are the biggest challenges right now? Right now, um, there aren't as many challenges. I think, you know, if I look at you know, the prevalence of remote, I think you're kind of getting on par with normal companies. And there's, I think the challenges come down to, to operationalizing this remote company. Because if you've, when you start, remote is all about people working at home and it's like, oh, okay, well, I hired somebody from two states over and that's great. But as you kind of get into it and if you have a head start like we do, there's a whole, you have to replace culture and you have to work really hard at it. And the reason why I said in the beginning that if you think that remote is the cheapest way, you're wrong because um, it's an advantage in hiring, but you have to invest so heavily in culture and other things to make up the gap between an in-office place and a remote place that I think you have to be very intentional about it. So one of the challenges is making sure that you have like this nonverbal communication between people that if you're having a bad day, I can walk by your office and say, oh, you know what? He's having a bad day. So let's go to lunch and we'll chat about it. If I'm in a remote environment, everybody's got their game face on when they're in front of a camera and in fact, we had somebody that worked for us whose uh, grandfather had died, and I had spoken to her that day, and she seemed completely fine. But she was really a wreck because she was very close with him. I would have never known. But in an office environment, you would have seen that, and you would have been able to do something to, to help. That's one of that's probably the biggest challenge, and it just means that you have to work so much harder to fix it. What about the like impromptu water cooler talk and some of those collaborative moments? Is, that, that seems like it would be a really big challenge. Yeah, um, it is sort of. We use some instant messaging tools, and so we kind of try to recreate those topics. So we have just kind of like, uh, we call it Jifraf. It's like a just kind of whatever you want to talk about, kind of potpourri type thing. We have fitness groups. We have parent groups and coffee groups and pet groups and stuff like that, no differently. So we've kind of allowed people to create their own tribes in this, and those are really vibrant. We do a lot of happy hour type stuff, um, which is sort of weird because we use How Zoom. How do you do happy hour? Well, it's like a Brady Bunch looking thing with 50 people <laughs> and probably half of them have a beer in their hand. And it's kind of awkward in the, in the first time. But then after a while, it's really great. And uh, it's fine. It's not the same as, you know, going and high-fiving somebody and going to happy hour. But it's a pretty close second. And the point is not whether you go out together or go to lunch together. It's that you have a chance to maintain relationships that are outside of the normal day-to-day -day of work and that you get to mix people up because in a remote environment, you and I, you might be a developer, I might be a marketer, and we don't really work together, but we see each other in the lunchroom and maybe you tag along for lunch once in a while or something like that. In a remote environment, you kind of have to force everybody to mix up so that you can get them talking to people that they don't always work with. So that makes sense that you'd have to be really careful about the people that you bring into the organization. That they can be collaborative from a remote location. Yeah, yeah, that's another another challenge is, um, and I don't think that you know we've completely solved it, but we're getting much better. Is we feel like you have to make sure that your inner energy comes from something besides the daily lunch with your team at the office or the milk route around the cubicles you do on a Monday. Like you <laughs> have to, you have to have the reason for doing remote is not so that I don't have to commute. It's so that I can focus, so that I can get things done. And you have to have this this other stuff in your life that's going to fuel you so that you get your work done, do a great job, and then you have other things outside of work. Those people tend to do a lot better than the people who 
every day they go to lunch with the exact same people and it's their crew and like that doesn't translate so well to the new note. Do you allow people to maybe go get a WeWork or some sort of like mm-hmm. shared working space to where they can be around other people? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we give people a remote allowance so okay. that they can use it to if they want to offset some technology or home expenses or they want to get a co-working space or they want to use it for the gym or uh, whatever because we want to make sure that they're healthy. We have an initiative called Healthy Smart Bug that ties into some of that stuff. And healthy for somebody might be I want to go to the gym a lot. Healthy for somebody else might be I need people. Healthy for a third person might be, man, if I can use that allowance to offset some cost of stuff, I can put some money away to do other stuff. And so we let them choose. Let's talk about the benefits. It does widen your your pool of talent that you can pull from. Mm-hmm. You can you can hire somebody in, like you said, North Dakota, right? But what are some of the other benefits? You have the work-life integration. What else? Yeah, sure. Flexibility is one of them. So, um, and retention. And I think those two go hand in hand. So what, what are your retention? Uh, it's about 10%. So okay. for a marketing agency, it's very low. Wait, ten percent attrition or retention? Ten uh, percent attrition. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Ten percent retention. <laughs> I used the wrong painful. word, probably. <laughs> or I just listened wrong. It's because I was thinking of the ukulele. I'm like ten percent retention. That's not good. Yeah. Um, I think if you if you look at flexibility, I mean, the simple truth is our company was founded on this idea that you should have a challenging work life with a growth path, and you should have deep intellectual respect for the people you work with. It doesn't mean I'm going to be best friends with everybody, but it does mean you should go to work and be like, wow, I work with some really smart people and they've got my back. But at the same time, you and I are not going to remember this conversation this weekend. You're going to remember what you do with your daughter and your family and all that stuff. And it's the same for everybody that works with you. So to the extent that you can say to them, I trust you, I want you to integrate work with life so that you can take the time that you need to create those memories and still get the work that you need to get done done, then everybody wins and everybody stays because most companies have not come around to the fact to think that that's a norm. Most companies don't trust their employees enough. They want to monitor them. They want to this. And the reality is, is we're a pro services company. You know really fast whether stuff's not getting done. You just know. And I think in any company you do. And so why not just if you've gone through all this effort to hire somebody like trust them to set a reasonable schedule as long as they're there for their clients and their and their teammates and then let them enjoy their life and have them share it with you so that you can celebrate it with them that's kind of why we built the company and that's the difference between leadership and management so you're a good leader I appreciate that. Pat yourself on the back. I appreciate that. (laughs) All right. Um, You're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm Rick Gerard. And for our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Find out how healing a person's pain points attracts amazing people to your company. Sign up for our passive talent workshops at rickgerard.com. Today, our guest is Ryan Malone. Ryan is the CEO of Smartbug Media. And we're talking about building a ridiculously successful remote company. So we just talked about some of the challenges and some of the good things about it. Let's delve into kind of how you guys run your interview process because hiring sure. is seems to me like it'd be really, really tricky here. Yeah. I think one of the things before you even start the process is that I think that people don't, they make the mistake of not hiring early enough in marketing and PR such that they have a hiring brand and that when people come to apply, whether it's active or you're trying or it's passive or active and you're trying to recruit people or they're going to come to you, like you want to make sure that they understand all you're about and they want to be there. And so I think that that's really, really important. So you're saying early in the process higher marketing and PR to Yeah, like if I'm a if I'm a if I'm an entrepreneur, like one of the things that's benefited us really well is that a lot of times we'll ask people like why do you want to be here? 
and they'll be like, I've been following everything that you do, all your videos, you gave this talk and so-and-so and Jen gave this talk at whatever and just everything that you're about, I love and I want to be a part of it. So that immediately checks so many boxes for you because you know that they want to be there. You know that they've done their homework. You know that you have a bit of a hiring advantage because they're passionate about your brand already. And it just cues up the interview for, um, as an employer, for a discussion about whether there's a mutual fit rather than as an employer trying to convince somebody why your company's awesome. If you invest wisely in that, then I think it shifts the competitive landscape a little bit when you're looking at somebody's looking at you versus somebody else because they want to be there. So really, you're talking about building a social brand first. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think. Yeah, not just social media, but just in yeah. general. Yeah, like you said, people know who you are. They follow you. Mm -hmm. They understand that. That definitely is much more powerful than kind of just getting a lot of messaging out and not having. Yeah, because the people that want to work with us are the people that have something in life they want to remember and they want a career and they're not getting it from a normal corporate environment so when they get Nobody to is, us by the way yeah 85 percent of people are miserable in their jobs so yeah so by the yeah. time they get to us they've found the solution and we can have a discussion about whether the solution is us and so i think that that puts us on different footing than if i'm just a random tech company looking for a programmer and i'm like our technology is better than yours you're going to have a foosball table and we're going to give you some chocolate. <laughs> like it doesn't just doesn't. I think that gives us a different. God, I, I love those ads that like we have a foosball table, a ping pong table, free snacks. Yeah. And you're going to be yeah. here the whole time and you're not going to see your family ever. And by the way, the only memory you're going to have is that you ate a lot of M&Ms this week. And that's not the <laughs> that's not the people we're going after. Though. I'm sure those people are ready to die inside, right? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Unless they like M&M's. Especially for me, all those M&M's. There's got to be a ton of preservatives in there, yeah. right? All right. So, walk me through how you approach your hiring process. Sure. Let's kind of just use an example, like if, if we were to run some ads. Let's say I, you're interviewing me or like you run an ad and I respond. <clears throat> yeah. So, you run an ad. Um, right now, we don't do a ton of headhunting because of the fact that we can recruit nationally and because of the brand stuff that I mentioned. So, so how do you find people? Um, we post a lot of ads. We do a lot of social media. We share some like um, day in the life of SmartBug videos. We speak a lot. We are kind of very active within our our marketing community about who SmartBug is and what we do and why you might want to be there. So it's part of our normal marketing. Are you guys uh, doing like plan. Facebook ads that might be targeted? Or um, like we do some Facebook brand ads. We do some retargeting for okay. that. Um, we do a lot of speaking at the conferences that the people we want to hire are at because they're also marketers. Um, and so um, people have a sense of what kind of the energy that our team brings and what it's like, and they become curious and, and look. And then we also do, you know, just through our ATS, like standard stuff with Indeed and LinkedIn and, and stuff like that. So you're building a thought leadership culture too, right? Yes. So is everybody within the SmartBug brand, are they all thought leaders in their own particular space are they getting out and speaking to and yeah for the longest time everybody at smartbug wrote something created some piece of content once a month as part of their job and we did that for a number of reasons one is because we I feel like we have smart people and they should be their brand should be promoted um b it gives a chance for people to learn some things and people notice that because they're like you know what i'm you know a consultant at this company and I'm an individual contributor and, and the entire company publishes some piece that I wrote. That's attractive if I'm a if I'm an employee candidate that wants to come there. So we've backed off on that a little bit because we have 75 people and we don't 
need as much content. So that's there's a always, lot of content. You yeah, there's always some people who just are not comfortable writing, so we kind of let them off the hook a little bit. But yeah. let's assume you come in and you um, fill out an application. We'll look at um, the resume just to make sure there's a fit, and if there's a fit, then we'll send, um, we'll move the ATS to the next stage. It'll send out an email to you and ask you to submit a video that answers about five or six questions that are screening questions for us. Um, the video is usually five to seven minutes long. Um, we give you instructions on how to do it for free. So there's a lot of things that we're checking there. One is, are you technically competent within digital marketing, which is what we hire for to go out and create this because that's key. Do you, if we look at the video that you create, right, there's lots of stuff behind you. So do you have a workspace? Do you have a neat workspace? Are you, well, are you polished? Can you talk? Can you carry a conversation? Do you have Can McDonald's wrappers thoughts? all over your desk? Right. Yeah. You have all the M&Ms on top of your foosball table. <laughs> um, and so those things um, allow you to screen a lot of the nonverbal stuff that you would do in a first interview, even if they had an amazing phone interview. I think phone interviews are great, um, but they don't tell the whole story. And we feel like that we can really focus on the best candidates through a quick video. So is it the one minute videos where somebody kind of you ask one question, they have some time to prep it and then they, they answer the questions or is it kind of a straight? Through? Um, it's like a five to seven minute video. We tell them we don't really, you know, it doesn't need to be professionally edited. We just want to hear how they answer the question, examples of campaigns that they've done, how they might handle certain situations, because <clears throat> we want to see how they can communicate and how they can articulate a thought and those things, because they're going to be on camera with a client a lot. And this is kind of like our opinion on whether they're able to do that so if somebody mumbles or if somebody you know can't really look at the camera or if um, they're not able to articulate the rationale of uh, an opinion or an answer those things um, stand out the same way somebody who just nails it and you're like wow this person has some serious charisma and they've nailed this answer like you can just tell and so it's really helpful for us and in, in kind of in the very early stages before we've invested a ton of time to say, okay, this person is worth spending some time on. This person, I don't really know from the video. Let's have HR do a screening interview with them and try to get some more information. And then this person that just doesn't fit, and then we'll send them a... So the thing I don't like about um, video is that it increases bias. And there's a lot of people, especially developers, that are not comfortable in front of a video camera. Yep. Not a huge fan, but like I can see how it works for a lot of people. So we've got about two minutes left. Okay. Um, Run me through your interview structure again. So Got it. So video goes great. We schedule an interview. We have people focus on a specific thing. So one person will focus on, say it's a consultant, uh, marketing skill. The other person will focus on technology. The third person will focus on client acumen. The fourth person will focus on culture. I'm usually the last interview. My focus is on whether or not you are going to be additive to the culture that we've built at our company because there's no politics. There's no backbiting. There's none of that stuff. Boom. And guys, that's a hiring process right there. Yep. If you don't have a hiring process defined out like that, you need to put one in place. And we just score each one of those people. They know that area very, very well. And they score them from one to 10 with a recommendation on hire or no hire. And then we get to the end and we look and we say, all right, if they're getting nines and tens across the board, then we should probably hire them. If there's some doubters, then we should probably figure out why and figure out whether it makes sense to proceed. That's a great structure. 
And you're asking a combination of what uh, behavioral and and situational yeah. type questions. Yeah, most definitely. Okay. All right. So give me uh, a few key takeaways that you'd like the audience to walk away with that can help them to to build a, an organization like yours. Yeah. So hire marketing and PR first because you can build a brand that's bigger than you actually are, which will and that energy will attract better candidates faster. I like to use video. I know you don't, but for most of the roles we do, video is really effective and it's a great way to screen people early. We use peer reviews, some call them reference checks, but we use online peer reviews really early in the process. So once we decide, the hiring manager decides that you're a fit and they want you to meet other people, we start the peer review process so that we can identify areas that we need to dig into the interview more. Most people will do a reference check at the end. The problem is phone reference checks aren't that effective. No. Online online reference checks are, but if you do them after the fact, it gums up the whole interview process and creates this uncomfortable situation for everybody rather than weaving it through. Oh, so you're sending somebody an email and they're just responding back with their, their feedback? We use a system. Um, Chexter's one. Um, okay. Skill Survey is another one. Man, we're just about out of time for today's show. Ryan, thanks so much for um, your time investment today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, what would be the best way in which uh, members of the community can reach you? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, Ryan at smartbugmedia.com. We're hiring about 10 roles now. Nice. Um, And smartbugmedia.com is our website. And if you want to work remotely for a really awesome company and a great leader, then I suggest you hop on and check it out. So I want to thank our listening audience for tuning into this week's episode of Higher Power. A quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Paul Roberts, our producers, Andrea Ballin, Shanti Ryle, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. We're listening, and we welcome your feedback, even though some of it's kind of brutal. And, uh, you know, hey, I'll take it. Uh, Join the Higher Power Radio community at Higher. That's H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O, dot com. And you can drop me an email at rick at stridesearch.com to learn about our passive talent webinars and workshops. Tune in next week. Our guest is going to be Marie Norman. Marie is the Director of Talent Acquisition for Adobe Systems. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio. 